Who is Jesus? What is he doing? And what does it mean to follow him in the world today? My name is Matt Lewis. This is the Follower Podcast, and everyone is invited to the conversation. Hello everyone in the Follower Podcast land. Welcome back to Mountains Bow Down series. I hope you've been enjoying it. And uh, today on our episode, we have my friend, Laura, all the way from Switzerland. Hi. <laughs> and uh, I've invited Laura onto the episode today because today we're talking about mountain number nine, which I've entitled All In. Um, and it's about uh, choosing the call at the mountain of the cost. And so we'll get talking about our experience of that, but I feel like Laura speaks into this because of some of the decisions she's made really going forward based on this DTS and based on what she feels God's been speaking to in her life. And uh, she shared some of my experiences. And so I hope again, as always, as you listen into our conversation, that this is helpful for you. So Laura, hi. Hi. So today we're talking about all in, right? Yeah. And... Um, and all in this. All, just being there. <laughs> all in, you know. And for me, this, this mountain is a lesson that I took from Cambodia. So we went to Cambodia. Yes. We were... Our, how did it work? So our outreach was in Nepal. How many weeks were we in Nepal for? The whole thing? Yeah, to Ten start weeks. with. Oh, it was like four weeks. Four weeks. Then we all got together in Cambodia. Yeah. So, we, so our DTS was 30 people. Three countries, more or less. Yes. Ten people in each country, more or less. And then in the middle of that, we all gathered in Cambodia for like this lecture week. And before we got to Cambodia, I don't know what you thought, but I researched it a little bit. And I was really, uh, I was struck by, I guess, the unique history of Cambodia. So this idea that really from 1975 through to 1979, massive civil war going on in the country. And there was this thing called the Khmer Rouge. I can never say it, how do you say it? Khmer Rouge. Khmer Rouge. <laughs> and, and basically the Khmer Rouge was this internal fighting in the nation where the equivalent of multiple genocides happened and 25% of the whole nation was killed. Which is massive. Massive. So we're talking like two million people yes. killed in this nation. And what that means is that the current reality in Cambodia is that most people are under the age of 40. 40 and, hey, so there's like a whole generation that was just lost, just wiped out there. Yeah. Um, and then after that, lots of fighting between Vietnam and Cambodia and China and France and Cambodia, just like different things happening. And that's resulted in this country, there's like a lot of poverty and just a, a real difficulty. And I, th I think when I was coming to Cambodia, because I knew that in the back of my mind, and honestly, I, I wasn't expecting much from the place where that we were going to, the YWAM base there. And then we walked onto the YWAM base. <laughs> <laughs> Massive too. <laughs> right? Like blew my mind. Yeah. So we walk onto this base. It's a University of the Nations base. Huge buildings. Incredible infrastructure. We, they, they have a CrossFit box. There's like a full-on outdoor soccer field there. There's this, and not only that, it's not only the buildings. It's the people, the heart of the people. Mm -hmm. Beautiful worship music written in Khmer. Yes. The language of the people. Uh, like people who are local to the nation 
first generation Christians, a lot of these guys, passionately pursuing Jesus. They've got these youth development centers, which are kind of like their strategy to, to affect this younger generation. And they don't just have it here, but they literally are all over Cambodia. And then not just all over Cambodia, but they want to impact their whole region of the world, right? And I don't know how you felt, but when I walked in, I was just like, this is sheer excellence. It is, wow, it is like vision, vision itself. Yeah. And it's not just the few, which is already like eight buildings or yeah. something that we saw, but they have this huge field that they just want to, yeah, they just want to make yeah. new buildings grow because they have yeah. this whole planet. It's so beautiful. And I'm yeah. like, how do you do this in a country that was so broken? Yes. And man, it's one out, one out of four of four people that has been killed. It's yeah. just huge. Yeah. When you think of your own country, I'm like, man, it's so many people. Yeah. So, so one in four people murdered. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and, and, and that's exactly the question I had. How does this happen here? So I could imagine something like that in a New York or a London or a, and however prejudicial that may be. I can mm. just imagine that. I, there's the resource for it there. There's an infrastructure for it there. The cult, everything's there. Yeah. And yet here in this place where you at least expected uh, this incredible expression of what I would really say the kingdom of God. Yeah. Something breaking through and uplifting an entire yeah. community. And the question I asked was, how does it happen? And then we started our lecture week. And so the leader of, of that YWAM base, he was actually teaching us for a week. And not only in him, but in the staff and the, the other people who work at that base, and they were teaching us and they were giving us orientation and inviting us to the place. And what I started to realize is that a ministry with that kind of impact in a nation like that mm. is what it is because it's built on a culture of full surrender. True. Like, so the theme for that week was all in, right? Mm. And when, when we were being taught, it's not, it wasn't just an idea. I could see it in their lives. And that, that was the craziest thing for me. So Garth, the guy who runs that base, an American dude, has left everything in America to move to Cambodia and is now a citizen of Cambodia. I mean, that's where he calls home. He's been there. He hasn't, didn't just pop in and pop out. Like, yeah. he's been there for years and he's invested in that nation and invested in that part of the world. And I just thought, that's how this happens. That's how something so incredible happens in a place like that when people choose to be all in. You know, I don't know what your thoughts were around that. Yeah, something that really stood out was this um, consciousness, I guess that he needed to be all in. Yeah. Like he knew, I think he, he got a revelation, I guess. He understood that it's not by just going a few months or a few years that something will change in this, in this country, but just by surrendering all his life, actually. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just this understanding of, it actually makes sense mm. to just give everything away because it cannot happen without giving everything away yeah, yeah and just seeing him like doing it is very impressive and yeah. very inspirational and I think it just calls us to to do it even though we're not going to the ends of the earth even if yeah. it's back home but yeah and th there's one sentence that he said like he went all the way to say that your call should like f be scary to you yeah and I'm like wow that's crazy because yeah. yeah most of us just want to be comfortable back home and yeah, have our home and be sure that everything's safe. Yeah. But in an, a nation that was not really safe and that has 
no no marks anymore, I guess, because of this this marriage that happened. Mm. And we're talking about several genocides. It's not just one. And okay, it's already hard, but there's like a lot of them. And I'm like, wow. And he's all the way in America, easy peasy on his couch. Mm. But no, he goes there because I guess he had a, a heart for this nation. And I'm like, man, we need more people like that. Yeah, that's for sure. And just this, as he was sharing this all-inness idea, I was like. And that makes so much sense, yeah. actually. Yeah. Even though we look at it exactly. and we're like, that's not logical, who yeah. will do this? Yeah, and it isn't logical. Yeah. I think that's the thing, you know. And you, you know what it reminded me of? There's a saying by Martin Luther King uh, Jr. He was interviewed by a bunch of people, and obviously he was the one who kind of orchestrated the civil rights movement in America. Yeah. And he says this beautiful thought. He said, you know, people call him an extremist yeah. in his time. And he said that used to bother him. But then he started to realize that we are living in extreme times and there is extreme hatred mm. and there is extreme oppression and extreme racism mm. and and a moderate kind of love, a moderate kind of grace wouldn't make a dent in that extreme anger and aggression. And so he said, he's okay to be called an extremist now mm -hmm. as long as it's an extremist for love and an extremist for grace and an extremist for mercy because you need to have a corresponding force when you look at the realities of our time, you know? And I just thought to myself, yes, that makes sense. In a nation like Cambodia, to have an impact, you would have to have a corresponding um, investment, a corresponding passion, mm -hmm. a corresponding mm -hmm. uh, selling yourself for the purposes of mm -hmm. others and the kingdom into a place if you want to make a dent, I guess, yeah. in that culture. But then I thought to myself, as crazy as Cambodia is, when you look at the world, that should really be true for every Christian, actually, because mm. we live in extreme times, hey? True. True. Yeah. And I think about what Jesus says when he talks about, if you want to be my follower, you need to take up your cross and follow me. Right? There's a cost that comes with the call. And, and the reason I invited you into this place is because I know this has landed very personally for you. So this DTS has really shaped your life in a lot of ways. And you're leaving off the back of this DTS very changed. Mm. And the cost has been very real for you. As you've been hearing the voice of Jesus, that cost has got louder. So tell us a little about for you, what does, what does the cost of the call look like for you in your life? So I think it implies in several different areas of my life. Um, because as I feel like the call right now is to come back um, here in Germany and staff the DTS and a few DTSs that are to come. So just for people listening, that yeah. means you were, you were, where were you before you came on DTS? What were you doing? I just finished high school before. Just finished I, high school. Yeah. Okay. And, and it was, I was actually made, made. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. So it's different in Switzerland. So high school actually prepares you to university. Uh -huh. um, and you cannot really do anything with, your, with the paper I got unless going to university. So it was opening doors for university. Because, yeah, if I want to do something, well, my thoughts were, if I want to do something with my life, I should go to university and then, yeah, study a job and get my job. And yeah, that was actually the only thing that I was hoping for and looking forward to after this, yes. Mm -hmm. But then that shifted. A little bit, yeah. Okay. So what, what did God say? What has happened? Um, it's actually progressively, um, yeah, it's a progressive story, if you want to. Um, so, Starting DTS was like nice. I'm gonna learn a little bit more about Jesus and then going back home all this um, And the more we go into it the more I, f I just 
yeah, fall in love with this idea of discipleship and also this idea of missions and going out um, in the nations. And yeah, there's so many new reasons that we're popping out every time, every week um, about why I maybe should come back on staff actually. Mm. And yeah, it's actually this week that I really asked God and I didn't, of course, had this strong answer of yes, do it. But I just had, yeah, I just felt like, why not? And then I asked God, but why? And I just heard a little, because you can. Mm. And some fears that were holding me back was like, I don't have the, the level or, yeah, the things that is needed. I'm only 19 years old. I don't have any, um, yeah, I don't have something to, to bring to other people. Um, but talking also with leaders, they were like, no, that doesn't mean anything. Um, so I was like, yeah, we'll see. Um, and yeah, there was just all those reasons behind me that was like, yeah, you should maybe do this actually. Mm. And then um, going into thinking, like really, really considering this decision, I had a lot of um, things I had to surrender. Um, it's main areas, but there's actually a lot of things, just like family and friends. They are kind of the, the marks and the safety I have, I had back mm -hmm. home. And I also have this, sometimes this kind of pressure of a responsibility towards them for my non-Christian friend and for my family. Uh, most of my sisters are not really um, looking for Christ. Yeah. So I was like, maybe I should just go back home and minister to them and yeah, just give my life in my family actually. Um, so I had to surrender that and yeah, knowing that God is going to take care of it. Um, and then we also had, I also had all those thoughts about finances yeah. um, and moving from another, from a country, even though it's Switzerland, it's pretty easy. Um, I know that it's harder for other people, of yeah. course, but still you're like, I'm not going to be in my land somehow. Um, and I've never been so attached to my country since I'm in DTS. So every time I hear Switzerland, I'm like, whoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but otherwise I was like, Ugh, okay. <laughs> but now I'm like, wow, I'm not going to be in Switzerland anymore. I'm going to be in Germany. Um, I'm going to have to speak English. And even though I'm pretty fine with it, sometimes there's still confusion because mm. it's not my mother tongue. Um, yeah. And finances was very important. I had to, now I have to find um, an apartment here. I need to find supports and I've never done that before. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a lot of different things. I think it's not like big, big things, but just adding them all together is like, that is actually all my life that I'm living behind. Yeah. Um, yeah, and especially friends and people I know I can really, really trust. Yeah. Even though I still like feel home here. Yeah. And yeah, I hope that I can yeah. also have more links with the people here. Yeah. And so there's this call where God says, Laura, I know your plans with this, mm. but I actually want you to do this. Yeah. And that call comes with all these costs that you that you are feeling, you know. And I remember uh, that week in Cambodia, we, uh, we kind of all were given the space to think about the cost of the call for us. Yeah. And I remember I wrote down some things and I was surprised that for me, the cost was less external and more internal. I don't know. That was just an interesting journey to me. I, I wrote down some things here around the cost. Um, for me, I wrote like the cost is about comfort. So the cost is about like the, uh, the comfort of, of just civilized life, you know, <laughs> the comfort of just knowing what's going to happen next, the comfort of, 
I guess the comfort of having what other people expect you would have. I wrote down another cost was the cost of marriage, right? So I'm 34 years old. There's certain social expectations that are Mm. on you at that time and even desires, you know, and you go like, man, cruising around the world or just living a life abandoned to Jesus and doing whatever he calls me to do. It's not always conducive to like two dogs and a white picket fence and (laughs) harsh. You don't always get that. So that was a cost for me. And then there was the cost of reputation because I think I'm, I am, I'm, I, I like want people to like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? I want people to think well of me. And I don't know what people are going to think if I just decide to follow Jesus and to do some things that are quite radical, like that don't make a lot of sense. I think about John the Baptist. I mean, the man's wearing camel skin and eating <laughs> wild honey in the desert. He's not a great guy, you know, like people are going to think he's strange. I think about the blind beggar on the side of the road, Mm -hmm. shouting out, everyone telling him to be quiet and him shouting out all the more. I think about Matthew and the tax collector, Mark, Luke, John, Peter, all Mm -hmm. these guys. Jesus says, come follow me. They give up the family business. All these kinds of, this stuff looks ridiculous to a world that isn't all in. Mm -hmm. So to be all in, immediately there's a cost that comes attached to that, you know. And so I just wonder for you, even as you've described your cost, the question I would have is, why did you choose it anyway? So in light of the cost, why did you choose the call? I think part of it is the simple assurance that I have in God and the fact that I know that, well, I also have this fear of, yeah, I feel like missing his will. Um, so that might help somehow. Um, but yeah, and I don't know, it's just like this strong joy that comes with obedience and this strong assurance that, uh, it's going to be a time where I'm going to have to depend on him so much. Mm. And through DTS, I've learned that I love to depend on him. Mm. And it's in time where I'm fully relying on him that I'm feeling the best somehow. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just freeing, actually, I guess. Mm. Um, and even if I have to surrender things over and over again, I guess this joy and this, man, just this freedom of, of knowing that I'm doing what he is calling me to do. Um, and just yeah, having him as Lord, I guess this also this title of Lord and being surrendered to him yeah. is very strong. And something that Garth also said in the, um, in the lecture week was that um, when you're fully surrendered to him, then your desires are becoming his. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. how beautiful it is to have God's desires as, as yours. Wow. And I think there's a lot of motivations to just, yeah, be with God and yeah, also trust that you don't, yeah, it's not really about what you do, but more what you're doing things with, and yeah. so with Jesus. Yeah. But I still, yeah, I still think that his obedience is such a, a source of joy and of, and of freedom with him, actually. Yeah, and Jesus is quite clear about that. We read in the Bible all the time. He says, if you're my friends, you'll do what I say. And so a lot of the time we, we think about friendship with God in quite selfish ways. As in, this is all about what I get out and how I feel. So it becomes, uh, really, it just becomes a projection of our own brokenness. But Jesus is saying, actually, not only the evidence of, but the gateway to friendship with Jesus is obedience to what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And I think you're so spot on. This idea of lordship, not popular at the moment, and yet critical to understanding who Jesus is. Because Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And, and if he's, and you know, those who believe in their hearts, confess with their mouths that Jesus is Lord. Those are the people who will be saved. But what does it mean for him to be Lord? You know, what does it mean for me to say with Paul, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I count all things as lost for the sake of knowing Christ. That sounds like such radical language to the kind of, I guess, uh, comfortable Christianity we've created for ourselves. And yet that is the Christianity that saves us. And then the other thing that I was thinking was this idea of cost and how we don't really have a choice about cost. You will have, you will pay a cost somewhere. Yeah. Right, And Definitely. we live in this false reality where we think we can avoid cost and pain mm. and suffering, mm. but we can't. Actually, what you choose is what you will give up. So you will either give up what God has purpose for your life and gain the world, or you will give up the world and gain what God has purpose for your life. Mm. And that's what Jesus says. He says, if you try and keep your life, you'll mm -hmm. lose it. Yeah. But if you lose your life, you'll find it. Right, Or you can gain the whole world, but you can lose your soul. Or you can lose the whole world and gain your soul. And so cost is not an option. You will lose. But the question is, what's the greater loss? Yeah. You know? And so when I listen to your story, I feel like you've chosen to lose the thing that's worth losing. There's that phrase, um, he is no fool who loses what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Wow. You know? And I see that operating in your it's life, beautiful. which is such a gift. And so when you think about this, you think about your journey, the call that's been stirred up inside of you, you saying yes to that. Why do you think this idea of the call and the cost is so important for Christian people today? So people who are trying to follow Jesus, why would you say, hey guys, we need to look at this again and think about it? Hmm. That's a good, good question. I think it's a very important topic that we don't really consider as much as we should um, and I think it really helps telling us again that we are not as high as God mm -hmm. that Jesus was made king because of what he what he's done what he's done when he came as a servant and trade the highest place um, and I think it's also hard for people to consider all this because it takes a lot of humility and um, I guess one of the hardest thing to surrender is actually control and yeah just being there and being like I don't know what is going on and what is going to happen in the next day or the next year but yeah it's just this question of trust and saying because I trust you then actually it doesn't really matter what is going what is going to happen but mm. I know that you are good that you will provide and that yeah that you are going to to make the best out of it yeah. for me because you decided that this will be the best for me yeah yeah and also the um, this, oh i love this sentence um yeah trading my good for his best and mm. just giving up my dreams because Amazing. his dreams are way way yes, better yes yes there was that phrase that garth carried on using in this week where he said uh, when it comes to you deciding who will win between you and god mm -hmm. i hope that god wins yeah because hey? otherwise you lose right because mm. otherwise you lose so when it comes to God, I had all these ideas for my life mm -hmm. and you seem to have all these ideas for my life. And there's that wrestling match. Yes. It's okay to wrestle. You know, it's Israel mm -hmm. means is the one who wrestles with God, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's okay to wrestle. But in that wrestle, man, I hope that God wins. <laughs> I hope you don't get your way, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so you've now stepped into that and are stepping into that. Uh, what are you finding on the other side of obedience? So far, a lot of joy. Um, and a lot of peace um, with how I'm going to tell people about it because I've been scared of misunderstood and yeah misunderstanding situations mm -hmm. and my sister's been like what are you doing yeah. um, 
but I'm just like all the time surrendering it back to God. And I think it's a journey to just do it yeah. maybe daily if you need to, but yeah. just again and again. Because yeah. um, we never getting rid of wanting to control everything. Yeah. Um, I find myself trusting him more and more and more and more. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And this dependence, uh, yeah, as I said before, this dependence is just, just so good, actually. Yeah. It just feels so right. And I love to be in this, this place of, I cannot do anything about it anymore because it's all in his hands. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just the best place to be. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. far in my yeah. little life. Because <laughs> I know I'm not too, yeah. too old so far. And I think the encouragement to you is that, you know, there's a whole bunch of people listening to this that find themselves in the same boat as you. You know, True. wanting to hear the voice of God, wanting to follow Jesus into yeah. things and facing the very real reality of the cost yeah. and then having to make that choice. And I think the thing I would say to you and the same thing I would say to them is, um, you know, y your yes to Jesus doesn't now insulate you from suffering. So when you say yes to the call of God in your life, the truth is you have no guarantees because God doesn't owe us anything. Yeah. Right. So as we follow him into his purposes, you don't know where that's going to take you. You know where that's going to lead you. The truth is there may be hardship in your life. There was hardship for Jesus and his obedience. Hardship for every other disciple and their obedience. Hardship throughout the, the, the history of the church as people have been obedient. So yes to Jesus doesn't mean the absence of suffering. But what mm -hmm. it does mean is the presence of Jesus. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> She's the best. Right? <laughs> we, we are awakened to the reality of the God who is with us. Yes. And that's the pearl of great price. That's mm -hmm. that man who's walking mm -hmm. in the field and found this treasure, mm -hmm. buried it and sold everything he had to go and get that thing. Yeah. It's the reality of God among us here and now. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul talks about when he says, you know, I've suffered all these things, but I count all of these light and momentary afflictions, referring to beatings, torture, mm. prison cells, shipwrecks. <laughs> it's not just a bad day or a few yeah. no likes on Facebook, you know. <laughs> All of these light and momentary afflictions, they are nothing when I compare them to the weight of glory, to what I will inherit in the person of Jesus. And that would be my encouragement to you and to the people listening is like, um, the cost, you don't get to choose whether you'll lose. Yeah. You will lose something in this life. But, but the choice you've made leads you to the right loss. Yeah, mm -hmm. You're going to lose the right things yeah. and you're going to gain the right things. And the thing you will gain most of all, and that all of us gain when we choose to go all in, is Jesus himself. And that's the gift. Yeah. So thank you for being on the Follow Up Podcast. Sure. Thank you for sharing your story. It was amazing to do DTS with you. Thanks. You're the best. And I'm so excited for your journey ahead. Yeah. So excited to see what God does as you step into his call. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week on the next episode of the Follow Up Podcast. <laughs>